0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ned Bellavance, Ned1313 on Twitter, and welcome to the Daily Check-In for September 8th, 2021. It's Wednesday. Happy Wednesday out there. Oh, Wednesday's a... Sometimes it's a good day. Today was a challenging day, an interesting day. My garage door opener is broken, and I started the process of replacing it. I've never installed one before, so this is a... It's an adventure for me. So let's check in. How you doing? You got any interesting adventures going on? Uh, some some unplanned new direction that you didn't anticipate? Some new uh, project that's been foisted onto your lap by your house or <laughs> or uh, another person? I, I know that happens, and I, yeah, the best thing you got to do is to kind of breathe through it and think about a plan of attack. And that's that's what I did. I bought a new. Well, first I tried to figure out what was wrong with the old one, and then I figured out that it was probably the circuit board. And that was a relatively expensive part to replace, given the age of my garage door opener. So uh, it was a little more expensive to buy a new one, but not a lot. And just knowing I'm getting a new thing as opposed to trying to repair an old thing that may not actually repair and may just end up being broken again in a month, I'd, I'd rather have the new thing. But of course that comes with its own set of challenges because whenever you try to do something for the first time, it's a difficult learning experience. It's, it's one of the reasons that people hire consultants that are experienced in doing certain projects because most companies are only going to do certain things once. Let's say an Office 365 migration, moving from Exchange On-Prem to Office 365 and Exchange Online. Most companies are only gonna do that once. So they're going to trip over every pitfall that exists for doing that migration. In theory, you bring in a consulting group that's done tens or hundreds of those migrations. It should go pretty smoothly because they know what pitfalls to look out for. Now, that's not really the thing I wanted to talk about, but I just think it's an interesting, I guess that is going to be the thing I talk about. And uh, the direction I want to take it is there are a number of SaaS products out there that will help you migrate your email and they do it to varying degrees of wellness it's not a market i've dipped into recently but i was pretty steeped in it probably five years ago when i was responsible for a lot of exchange migrations to office 365 which is now microsoft 365 and the thing that those SaaS products did was handle the migration portion of it and some of the synchronization But beyond that, they weren't really able to handle the more interesting deployments that were out there, or the edge cases that came up, or actually plan out the entire migration to minimize downtime, and how are you going to handle client migration? A lot of them tried to do it, but there's only so much automation can do. And at a certain point, you really need to bring in human beings that understand that there's more to it than what you can scrape and glean from an organization's data structure and organizational structure and their exchange org. There's the politics of the office. There are weird use cases for mailboxes and distribution groups that you may have never seen before. There's scripts that are relying on attributes that are set in custom attributes for mailboxes and will only fire if those attributes are there, there's fax machines for goodness sakes. And all of those different software types, uh, they were able to, like I said, handle the migration portion of it, but they couldn't handle the human element. And so what you really got when you hired a consultant, even if they used one of those products, was you got a person who was used to dealing with all of these challenges and had seen a lot of stuff before. And even if they hadn't seen it before, at the very least, they, could, they knew what solutions were available and how to put them all together into something that will work for your organization. And that's really what it came down to. There were a lot of questions about synchronizing, about trust relationships, about mailboxes across domains and across forests. And, uh, you know, I got to say that was what kept the money rolling in was being able to do these migrations uh, in a way that was fairly seamless for the client. Now, where am I going with this? What what's my point? How does this apply to modern day? Well, there's an interesting uh, newsletter from Corey Quinn today. I think it was today that was talking about his low opinion of all these cloud cost saving companies out there. And the things that he was pointing out were the same issues that I ran into headlong when I was doing mailbox migrations. The actual data gathering and, not analysis, but the initial data gathering and the easy wins, that's something that all of these cost-saving companies can do. And in fact, if you wanted to do a little extra homework yourself, You could figure it out in the billing console of Azure or AWS. In fact, both of those companies snatched up one of these cost-saving companies a long time ago to integrate into their billing systems because their original billing systems were arcane and confusing, and now they're only slightly less so. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that they have insight into your organization and how you need to function as a company. There are politics to take into account. There are accounting things that you need to understand about how your company prefers to spend money, how it does its budgets, who is actually paying for the cloud, and what's the most important factor for them. Because oftentimes the most important factor isn't cost itself, it's predictability of that cost departments need to budget for things. And when there's that line item for AWS, they want to be fairly confident about what to put in that line item. And then there's the whole reserved instance thing, which companies have taken different approaches with versus spot instances. And really there's a lot of financial engineering going on there. But ideally what you're trying to do is optimize the cost of what the company's spending in the cloud and align it with their interests. So there may be applications in there that seem to be spending a lot of money, but those applications are also making a lot of money. So even if it might seem a little wasteful, the cost of optimizing is not necessarily good. It's not a good... uh Approach because the app itself is making so much money. It's really all about scaling and pouring more features into the app and a lot less about trying to cut costs on it. Another thing that Corey pointed out, and this is certainly something I saw was you may see a whole bunch of fairly idle instances, but those might might represent a DR hot site. And your average software is going to look at that and say, these instances are non-utilized and should be terminated and you're going wait that's my dr site i need that to be available at uh, the drop of a hat so i i think what we often see is with any difficult problem to solve whether it's cost whether it's migration whether it's disaster recovery that's another area that i did a lot of work in and there's a ton of products out there that will help you do the mechanics of disaster recovery But there's so much more to proper disaster recovery beyond just the technology and the mechanics of it. Again, there's politics, there's process, there's procedure, there's prioritization, there's grouping of applications and dependencies. There's so much more to understand that software just can't, it's not that it can't, it's just not worthwhile investing the money in the software when you have people who are capable of working with the software and getting you the result you actually need. So I think some people sometimes worry that AI or ML or some hot new technology is going to replace them as a person uh, with a job in the tech industry. And I would say if the job you're doing today is simple and it's easily repeatable, and it's something that can be automated simply, then I would be concerned. I would be worried about that. But if you're in a job where your value is the additional knowledge and experience that you bring to your organization on top of the software that they're already using, then you're probably gonna be safe from any future uh, AI or ML programs that come out there. Because at the end of the day, hate saying that what it all comes down to is people still matter and even as technology gets better there still needs to be people because organizations are made up of people and at least for right now only people can understand the weirdness of people so that those are my thoughts for today hopefully you found it interesting and i think you can apply this principle more broadly to a lot of other situations beyond dr mailbox migrations and cost analysis. Uh, If there's a realm that you're thinking of that you want to bring up, why not ping me on Twitter? You know, Ned1313, find me on LinkedIn or any other way. You can send smoke signals. Maybe I'll see them. I don't know. That's going to do it for me for today. Thank you as always for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. Stay stay safe out there. Bye for now.